And I don't know if you've ever seen this before, but this is something recent uh, that has come out from two guys from Brooklyn, New York. Amen. Anybody ever been to Brooklyn? Brooklyn, New York? Still got your wallet? <laughs> I'm telling you, I love, I love New York. And just, just to think about these two guys from Brooklyn, New York, decided to see all these homeless people and people in need and said, you know what, we need to do something for them. We need to get some blankets for them, do something for them and, and, and give them some kind of hope. So uh, an organization started called Blankets of Hope. And uh, interesting that now there's thousands of kids that are involved in this now all over the United States and uh, different countries as well. And what they do is they give people blankets of hope also with a little letter, a note there of encouragement saying, you know, you're loved, um, you, can, you can get out of this, uh, different things that they say, which is interesting, uh, written by kids, and nothing like a little letter from a kid, you know, to really pick up your spirits, and, um, and so this, they didn't realize it, but it just started going all over the place, and blankets of hope, and what I want to give uh, you all this morning is a blanket of hope, not a, a real blanket but of hope that really is going to last. And as you look at the scriptures this morning, notice how Peter starts it off. He says, blessed. He said, we ought to speak well of God. The, the word there is eulogy. I don't know if you've ever given a eulogy before. I know what a eulogy is, but a, a eulogy is when you speak well of someone. I remember when a priest was given a eulogy, and the, the, uh, two, one of the brothers died, and the other brother came up to him and said, I know my brother was a bad person, but I really need you to give a good eulogy, if you don't mind, because I know that he was really bad, but please do it. So the priest doesn't know what to do. He gets up there, he goes, let me just tell you about this guy. He was a thief. He was a murderer. He was a horrible person. He hated people. He, he, he did all these. He stole. He lied. I had him in confession. He told me all kinds of bad things he did, but he's a good person compared to his brother. <laughs> That's not a good eulogy. <laughs> we are to speak well of God this morning. You say, what do I have to speak well of God about? He says, before he even goes into anything that he's going to talk about in 1 Peter, all the trials that they're going to go through, all the suffering that they're going to go through, all the things that they're going to go through, he says, I want your heart to be directed towards the praise of God. And that's what we should do. Praise God. And here's, what are we going to praise God for? Well, look what it says here in the passage. Praise God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be what? Born again. Praise God, we have new life. Praise God, we have a new beginning. Praise God, we have divine life imparted into us. Praise God that we are different because of Jesus Christ. We are born again. You know, this is interesting. This word here, born again, is only used right here. And in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, I think it is, in the same chapter here, born again, it's the same word that's used, only used twice here. And really it's talking about a new life that is inside of us. So we wake up in the morning, we praise God that we have this new life inside of us. We have divine life. How did we get this new life? Well, I love this. According to his what? His great mercy. 
We are born again not because we're good people. We are born again not because we go to church. We're born again not because we do great things. We're born again because of God's great mercy. Amen. He looked at us and he said, wow, that person needs help. <laughs> the word mercy is to feel pity for someone. To realize that they're hopeless and helpless. And he says, you know what? They are hopeless and helpless. They have no way they can ever have a relationship with me. So by his great mercy, he put someone into our lives to share Jesus Christ with us. And we believed. And now we're born again. And here's what we're born again to. This is amazing. We are born again to a living hope. And, and, and this is so important because we have hope in things that never come to fruition. I had hope this year as a New York Yankee fan. <laughs> That this year was going to be different. I had hope that they were going to hit the ball this year. And guess what? They don't. Misplaced, frustrating hope that I had in my New York Yankees, who I love. That hope is never going to... Some of you guys are Bronco fans. You have hope that this year is your year. It's not. <laughs> Some of you are Raider fans. You're even way off there. But isn't it amazing? We put our hope in stuff and we're so excited about that hope, but then the hope just dies? This hope is alive. This hope never dies. In fact, it's a living hope. Here's what's exciting about living hope. It just keeps getting better. It keeps getting sweeter. It grows, this hope. He says, we're not, we're not born again to a hope that is going to die. We are born again to a hope that is alive and gets sweeter and sweeter as we walk with Jesus. This is a living hope. You say, how do we have this living hope? Well, it's right here in, in verse 3. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Our hope is anchored on him. And his resurrection, I love what one person said, I was, I was reading it, I was studying, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the foundation of all his saving work. Look at this. The, our hope is anchored in the past, he arose. Praise God. Now our hope is anchored in the present, he lives. And our hope is anchored in the future, Jesus is coming again. All through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He says, praise God. That you today are born again. You have a new life. Because of his great mercy, he looked down on you and said, Wow, they are hopeless and helpless, so I am going to help them. I'm going to send my son, and the son died for our sins, was buried and rose again. I'm going to send someone to preach my son. And we preached the son, and we believed, and now we are saved to a living hope. A hope that grows. You say, what is this hope? Well, here it is. To obtain an inheritance. Our hope is all that salvation entails. Our hope, if we were going to put it in one word, is heaven. You say, what does heaven entail? What is heaven like? All the glory of heaven and the glorified bodies and the freedom from sin and, and we're never, never going to see sin's presence. What is heaven like? He's going to mention three terms here in, in verse 4 that are amazing. We got an inheritance, and the, the heaven inheritance. What, what is it like? Look at these terms. I love these terms. Which is what? Imperishable. You know, you know what that means? It, it, it's not going to decay. 
It's not going to die. Everything we get in this world decays. That new house, all of a sudden, after a couple of years, the gate doesn't work outside. The garage doesn't open like it used to. The new car, don't you like the smell of a new car? The new car, and all of a sudden, it needs that first oil change. And then all of a sudden, there's something wrong with something in the car. Everything. New chairs. I remember when we got new chairs in the church. We were all excited. Now they're filthy. New chairs. <laughs> Amazing. It is not going to decay. Everything is, is subject to decay, but it's death proof. It's not going to perish. It's going to stay alive forever. Notice the next thing. It's undefiled. I love this word because it literally means stained. It's not stained. You ever get a beautiful shirt and get a little stain on it? Destroys your shirt? I still wear them. <laughs> and people are like, I saw you ate there. I, yeah, 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 Taco Bell or something right here. Yeah, I did. The Taco Bell juice just dipped right on it. That's why I still love my shirt. Stains. You want to know something that really got me? No matter how beautiful something may be on this earth... It is stained with sin. Even the most beautiful things. My wife, the most beautiful thing I've seen, is stained with sin. My marriage is stained with sin. My parenting, even with my best intentions, is stained with sin. My coaching is stained with sin. My pastoring is stained with sin. Even studying as hard as I can and trying to get the best message out and preach the hardest I can, it's stained with sin. Everything on this earth is stained with sin. But when we get to heaven, no sin is not polluted at all. We can't even imagine that. And he's saying here, it's, it's, it's not the, there's going to be no police in heaven, praise God. There's no thieves in heaven. There's no, there's no bad motives in heaven. There's none of that, nothing stained by sin. He says this is an inheritance that's, that's, that's sin-proof. It's, it's death-proof. And I'll tell you one thing, it will not fade away. Let me tell you something we do when we had, it, when we had kids. Every kid that we had, we gave them a blankie. Amen. You guys give blankies to your kids? We give blankies to our, even the boys get their blankies. And uh, we got Ellie this beautiful colored blankie, you know, this pink blankie. And, you know, you look at the baby pictures and you see her in a nice little blankie. And the thing is so bright, so beautiful, so amazing. Now look at her blankie. She still has 18 years. Look at her blankie. The blankie is faded. The blankie's not bright anymore. The boys, they hid their blankie. They don't even know, don't even know where their blankies are. They like threw their blankie. I don't know if they burned them or whatever. Their blankies are... I don't know what the boys did with their blankies, you know. Now Joshua, let me tell you a little Joshua story. My favorite blankie stories. He had this beautiful green frog blankie. Right? He loved his little blankie. And he would come. He wouldn't sleep at night. And he would come at night, and you know, you hear the diaper. <laughs> and he would come to our door, and we'd be laying down, and he'd just put the little blankie out. And if we said, come on in, he could come on in. 
where he said, is that you, Joshua? And he would run here. Yeah, so he put it out like kind of like a flag. Can I come in and say hi to you guys? You know, a little green blankie. And then he lost his blankie. And we were all, we were just so depressed. What are we going to do without Joshua's blankie? And so we, we, we prayed to God. We're looking all around, and under a box here was little green blankie. And boy, it just helped him out. He just loved it. Now he won't even show me his green blankie. But the green blankie <laughs> has faded away. The green blankie no longer has its... The green blankie is dull to him. You know what it's saying about heaven? Heaven will never be dull. Yes. It will never fade away. It will never become boring. It will never lose its brightness. The glory will remain forever. We have an inheritance waiting for us. Praise God, he's saying here this morning. Praise God that you are born again through the mercy of God. And how do we know? To a living hope, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, to a heaven that is waiting for us. A heaven that is what? A heaven that is death-proof, it's sin-proof, and it's time-proof. I like that. And here's what's amazing. It's reserved. Some people say, well, how do I know I'm going to make it? I got all this stuff, everything stained by sin. How do I know I'm going to make it? God reserved it. And let me just tell you something about his reservations. His reservations go through. I don't know if you ever made a reservation didn't go through. I've been there. His reservations always go through. It's reserved. You know why we know it's going to go through? It's reserved in heaven. They can't touch it. It's outside of the forces of this world right now. It's reserved in heaven. And here's what's amazing. It's reserved in heaven for you. Amen. Think about that. People say, well, you know, heaven's going to be a great place. It's for you. He, he died for you. He was buried for you. He rose again for you. He reserved this for you. He could have easily said, for all believers here, but he wants to make this personal. This is for you. This is why you should be praising God. This is why you should be blessing God. This is why you should be excited about God, because you have something waiting for you. You say, but how do I make sure it's mine? Well, right here in verse 5, it says, we are protected by the power of God through what? Faith. The moment we put our trust in Jesus Christ, we allow God to protect us by his power. And I'm here to tell you, no one here is more powerful than God. Amen. Some people say, well, I could, I could just get myself out of this. No, you can't. We are protected by the power of God. But we open up that power by putting our faith in Jesus Christ. The moment we put our faith in Jesus Christ, here's what happens. The best is yet to come. One of the kids asked me, he goes, Jeremy, uh, coach, uh, so how does it feel to grow old? <laughs> and, and let me just tell you, it's got its good parts and its bad parts. You know, uh, I don't like going bald. I mean, I know, you know, my, my hairs are very numbered now. I mean, I used to have a lot more before I started pastoring this church. Thank you. And, um, <laughs> You know, I, there's parts of it I don't like. 
you know, about about it. But, you know, and sometimes when you get to middle age, and can I say I'm middle age now? Is that, yeah. is that you know, nice to say here? Going to be 50 in a couple of years. And, and um, you know, you get to middle age and you realize some of your dreams are never going to happen. Right? I'm never going to be a New York Yankee. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I wanted to when I was a kid. It's just, I don't think they'll take me now. Maybe, I don't, but I doubt they'll take me now. There's things that I dreamed would happen and they're not going to happen. And, and sometimes your hopes get dashed when you get to an age like this. But let me just tell you something. Every hair that falls out, I'm one, can I say this, hair closer to heaven. <laughs> Every day we spend growing old, we're one day closer to being with him. And really, let me tell you something. These bodies may be rotten in front of us, but the best is yet to come. Amen. One of my professors, his aunt died, and he put a fork in the casket. Yeah. And somebody said, what are you doing putting a fork? Oh, I know why you put a fork, they told him. You put a fork in the casket because she loved dessert. That's why he did it. He goes, no, no, I didn't put it because of that. He said, I put it because the best is yet to come for her. Because this body that's going to become ashes is one day going to become a glorified body. You see, my friends, we have a hope that is living and alive. It's getting better and better because the best is yet to come. And it's all because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Do you have that hope? Or are you looking in the mirror and saying, what's, what's happening to me? I can't believe my whole life is just falling apart. can't believe all these dreams that never came with you. No, you've missed it. You have something reserved for you. That's better than anything this world could ever give. Hope of an inheritance with God. Now, if that doesn't excite you to eat breakfast, I don't know what will. <laughs> Let's bow in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for your goodness and mercy. And we want to just bless you this morning. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Who by his great mercy, your great mercy, you have caused us to be born again. We have new life. A new beginning. Because Jesus is now alive inside of us. And we have a living hope. Thank you so much, God. That our hope is not like the hope of this world. That fades and dies. We have a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And Father, I pray if there's anyone here this morning that doesn't have that living hope, that God, right now where they are, they would realize it and say, I admit that I am a sinner, helpless and hopeless. And thank you for sending your son to die for my sins. And right now I call upon him to save me. And he will. The Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. I can't think of a better day than to do it than today. So open your heart to him. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who by his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. To an inheritance, and thank you so much, an inheritance that's death-proof. No decay there. Sin-proof, Lord. Thank you. And time-proof. It'll never fade away. 
And Lord, we know we're going to make it because it's reserved. It's kept by the very power of you. And Lord, thank you for the faith that we have in you, to trust in you, to allow you to work. God, we have so much to be thankful for. So help us to remember this morning that we have a living hope. Bless the food to our bodies, we pray. Bless the fellowship time and help us to come back and to continue to study the resurrection. In Jesus' name, amen. Our breakfast is on. <laughs>